Welcome to Season 4, Episode 8 of the Family Travel Australia Podcast. We are Paul, Katie and Jasper from the Feel Good Family. Join us as we explore this great country, Australia, its people, places and cultures. Welcome back. Hello again. Okay, we are excited because we are still in the outback, baby. Love, love, love the outback. (laughs) That's right. And we've talked about it for the last couple of weeks, that beautiful contrast, especially on those picture-perfect days, Mm. you know, blue jay skies and that red dirt. Love it. Oh, amazing. Nature at its absolute finest. Didn't Mother Nature do awesome out here? (laughs) All right, so we are going to head uh, a little further afield, but we realised that the Hilux, uh, 40,000 Ks in factory tyres, does need uh, an upgrade. So we actually had seen that the very centre of the back tyres had worn in in one, I guess, complete circle. Mm. Now, it has been told to me since that that is due to the tyres actually being overinflated. So too much air pressure for the weight across the tow ball from the van and that's causing that problem. Uh, so when I told my mate, hey, you know, this board, he goes, yeah, mate, that's what it is. It's like it was really obvious. <laughs> well, so much to learn, hey, but when you get things explained to you, and I love that about this industry, is that you go, oh, actually, yeah, I can really, I really understand that. That really makes sense. And bet your bottom dollar you aren't going to make that mistake again. No, look, that's right. And, uh, I mean, we were overinflated to, I think, eight, maybe 10 PSI. So that's a fair whack, um, as it has been explained to me now. So anyway, we decided to support the local community here in Broken Hill. And we headed over to Independent Tyres and Ray and his guys there, backed up some research that we'd done and said, look, these are the best tyres. They're the BF Goodrich KO2. In fact, another guy in town over there at ARB had also recommended those. Mm. The online presence and support around this tyre is Mm. is pretty high as well. So $1,400 later for four tyres. Ouch. Yeah, look, um, we, we have had some good feedback. We asked the question, you know, in our YouTube show... Do you know much about these tyres? Have you had these tyres? Give us some feedback. Wow, didn't people comment? Yeah, they sure did and even took the time to shoot us an email through to let us know their recommendation and their personal experience with them. And on every single account, these tyres get a massive rap. So here's hoping we get a lot of kilometres out of them. Yeah, look, we we had one guy uh, suggest that he got over 80,000 clicks out of his tyres. Amazing. Not sure if he's towing like we are, but... Look, uh, if, if we could get up around that or, you know, even 50% more, that certainly makes the value a little easier to take. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. Let's okay. move on. Yes, okay. So Daydream Mine is our, our first uh, experience to tackle out in the desert and give the tyres a good run as mm. well. It is located 28 kilometres northwest of Broken Hill, uh, and about the last 12 kilometres are on a corrugated dirt road. And so it was good to head out there, see what is the oldest mine in the area. In fact, it's older than Broken Hill itself. It was established in 1881. 
And the operators out there, Kevin and Beth, really do a great visitor experience, a great show. Yeah, they sure do. What fascinated me, even on the drive in, is that when you're out in this landscape, it looks the same everywhere you look. All you can see is that red dirt, you know, those little tufts of amazing green shrubbery that grows low to the ground, some undulating little rises. But to be one of the Cornish miners back in 1881, traversing this landscape and somehow identify this particular area as the perfect site for their mine blows my mind. I just don't understand how they would have done this. They would have been on foot. They didn't have the technology or the tools that we have available to us today. And here they go. They they sink a mine. There wasn't even a town anywhere near this place. Yeah. It's fascinating. On foot and on the tools with their, their hands working 12-hour days in these incredible conditions that uh, really ended up giving them about a lifespan of 32 years. I mean, there were boys as young as eight years old down there starting work and um, unfortunately uh, silicosis actually was the end result for a lot of mm. these these men. Look, they, they had opium. Uh, they pot, did, you know, to which help. still grows there amazingly, right? Yeah, to help really kill some of that pain. It's, uh, it's, it is quite a, a tragic kind of story that – that, that unfolds for a lot of these miners, or most of them, in fact. Um, but to find one of the richest, you know, silver deposits on Earth, it's, it is amazing that, that they can discover this through understanding the landscape and, and seeing this line come up through and then going, yep, that's where we're going to dig. In fact, they, they dug, I think, over three kilometres of caves through this area at times very uh, low. They weren't mm. exactly exactly tall humans were they, <laughs> the, the Cornish. But, um, you know, getting under there, uh, getting this tour, you start with actually what is called a surface tour. Mm. And the tour complete is about an hour and a half, including the mine tour. You can only do half and not go underneath if it's, you know, not in yet. <laughs> if you get a bit jelly leg like someone we know. Yeah, look. Look, I, I keep facing my fears on this and You're doing good, Dom. I don't know if I can keep doing it. I'm fine. I'm fine actually at thinking about the idea of going underground. I'm fine for the first couple of minutes and then boom, it like hits me suddenly and my legs go a bit jelly. I'm looking for the nearest exit, which, you know, a couple of kilometres down. Yeah, when you see the light fading behind you. <laughs> that sounds terrible, isn't it? In my head, walk towards the light. <laughs> oh, no, don't, don't do that. Listen, you did really good because those mine shafts were fairly small. I mean, Jasper had no issues, but we did have some taller gentlemen in the tour with us and there was a number of hard hats getting banged on the uh, the ceilings of these tunnels. So, mm. yeah, it was tight. It was. When I say two kilometres, um, that's probably the distance covered, you know, through the whole tour really. Mm. You were only, I think, at its deepest point about 32 metres, only <laughs> 32 metres. So it's not a, you know, this um, 
you know incredible depth uh, but it is it is tight and um, it can get your heart racing at times but Kevin is a pretty enthusiastic storyteller isn't he yeah our tour guide he um, he added all the right drama and all the right humor and he was animated enough in his own personality to keep everybody interested and wanting to know what actually is he going to say next and what story is he going to tell us. So as far as a tour that is family friendly, like Jasper loved this possibly more than we did, uh, but he was engaged through Kevin's storytelling and personality as well. Yeah, that's right. Uh Jasper literally can walk in a straight line and it was the perfect height. He yeah. didn't bump his head once. Uh, but no, look, it's a very well-organised and delivered experience. One of the best parts really was was coming back up into that beautiful blue sky, fresh air, and sitting on the balcony of the homestead that they've created there uh, to be served homemade scones Devonshire style with the pot of hot tea that's been boiled on the stove and if you actually read on TripAdvisor or Expedia or any of those, the scones really get the, you know, the highest uh, response from everyone. Everyone just loves the scones. Gee, that was good. They were really good scones, um, handmade by Kevin's wife, Beth, who also conducts the tours. And what I loved about it is that it was that real, authentic, old school out back, you know, I pictured the song Home Amongst the Gum Trees when we were sitting on the veranda eating our scones and having our tea in the beat up anodized mugs. Yes. You know, it, you are in that song. It, without the gum trees. We, well, without the gum tree, <laughs> without any trees, in fact. <laughs> but it was so quintessentially Australian outback. I loved that experience. And you're right, Paul, coming up from the mine, from the depths of the earth in the darkness, you know, with our hard hats and our lights on, to this incredible open space, blue sky, and being able to just sit and look out on that landscape. What a fantastic experience. Yeah, it it really was a great way to not be in and out. You know, you can easily go and do these sort of tours and experiences. You jump out the car, you might be, you know, racing to get there and then you run around, you do it and then you jump in the car and you leave. Look, if, you, if you're heading out there, make sure that you include this part of the tour because then we sat there for, gosh, I don't know, 30, 40 mm. minutes taking in the uh, barrier ranges and that, as you say, beautiful landscape. Yeah, having a yarn with Kevin and Beth as well. Yeah, really great, friendly people. Okay, so from there we headed out to Silverton. However, I'm going to let you know that we got out there, we went, wow, we drove back into town and said, we've got to get the van and stay out there for a few nights, Mm -hmm. which we did and that will be in next week's episode. Mm. So we already had made plans uh, to stay a couple of nights out in the Living Desert State Park, located 12 kilometres outside of Broken Hill in the desert. Wow, what an incredible experience to camp out in the desert. Oh, absolutely amazing. And if you are headed out this way, you absolutely need to come and spend 
a couple of nights if you can, but at the very least one night out here in the Starview Primitive Campsite within the State Park for no other reason other than you are out here in this incredible environment and the stars and the red earth. It is just such a wonderful experience. So definitely put it on your bucket list. I think the council helped fund this area. It's a 2,400 hectare state park. uh, And it was really to protect and preserve this incredible environment. Mm. The campsite has 15 unpowered sites. So you do have to be, uh, you know, self-sufficient as far as energy goes. Uh, there is a very large wood chip area for tents, mm. um, whether you're in a camper or a motorhome or a caravan. Um, it does welcome everyone, which is really great. There is fresh water. Mm-hmm. There is instant hot showers mm-hmm. powered through um, large gas cylinders. Beautiful facilities. Mm. Free gas barbecues. Uh there is no power, no pets are allowed, no fire pits are allowed. Uh, no dump point. No dump point, yes, uh, but the toilets and the amenities, as I mentioned, are fantastic. It is gated, so you actually get given a code. Mm. So you're out in the middle of nowhere and feel incredibly safe. Yes, yeah, definitely. That was one of the positives for me in how safe it did feel. And like Paul said, you're in the middle of nowhere, so of course the evening skies are absolutely incredible and they don't call it the Starview Primitive Campsite for no reason. So they have put in a couple of fantastic star beds for you to be able to kick back on at night and look up at that incredible sky and actually we tested out our star laps uh, using our camera equipment and picked up some pretty incredible footage of the night sky while we were out there. Yeah, it was a good place to, to finally practice that and it worked. <laughs> that was a buzz when we pressed play and the footage actually worked and to watch the Milky Way literally, you know, arc over mm-hmm. the, the caravan. That was super cool. We'll be bringing more of those to our YouTube channel for sure. Mm. Uh, so what is there to do? Okay. Firstly, I, I'll just mention that the fees were $10 per person per night. Mm-hmm. Kids were in the category of age 5 to 16 and were only $5 a night. Mm-hmm. So if you're Jasper or you're under 5, it was free. Woo-hoo. That's pretty cool. The maximum stay is five nights. Mm-hmm. And look, if you had all the time in the world and you just wanted to be in an environment that is super quiet, <laughs> safe mm-hmm. and relaxing in that you could just kick back with a great book or two. Mm. That would be an ideal scenario, wouldn't it? Oh, absolutely. And look, it was really easy to book as well. And you can do that through the Broken Hill Visitor Information Centre or online through a QR code. So super duper easy. You can pick your site uh, number at the time of booking. And after chatting with the rangers as well, who we were fortunate enough to spend a little bit of time with Daryl and Nicholas, they also said, you know, it's it's not a problem. Like we're really relaxed. So we've had times when people have booked a certain site number and then, you know, got out here and it's fairly quiet and they've just moved into the next site or changed their allocation. So 
they were fantastic. What great people to be out there running this entire state park, happy to have a yarn, happy to give you all the information, just welcoming, lovely, down-to-earth people. They really are, and you can see the passion in meeting them, but how much does that overflow Mm. into their park and how proud they are Mm. and the maintenance that they're doing every day. They do daily rounds just to keep an eye on things and and make sure everything's safe and secure Mm -hmm. as well. And and so that's uh, quite a comforting thing, I would imagine, for for travellers who are a little bit more nervous about, you know, being in the outback. Mm. Okay, what is there to do? There are a number of experiences that include the famous sunset sculptures. Mm -hmm. There's the Flora and Fauna Sanctuary, Mm -hmm. 180 hectare predator-proof fenced area. A remarkable area. Uh, there's a cultural trail and a number of other walking trails. So there is actually plenty, plenty. to do. Yeah. The good thing about the park fee is that it's $6 for day trippers to come in and out. And if you are camping there, you do pay that $6 per person fee once, mm-hmm. so even if you're staying five nights. Uh, and then that fee lasts all day if you're only coming in and out. Uh, the reason they do that is because really you want to be walking – probably earlier in the day. Yes. So that you're not got the height of the sun uh, and and that way you can go back into town, do whatever, or explore further afield and then come back to the sunset sculptures. Mm. It's a really beautiful environment. And again, something that Jasper really loved. You know, he loved running from sculpture to sculpture and yes. having a look at the sign and seeing the picture on the on the signage and then seeing the sculpture in front of him and you know of course at different times of the day the sun reflects differently off them and so it really is beautiful up there a really great thing that we saw was with a group of people who had come up there with their folding chairs their cheese board a glass of wine Oh, gee, I wish we'd had that idea. <laughs> it's all right, Del. We had all that down at the van at the campsite. <laughs> but that, you know, as, as well would be something to consider doing when you're out there and to really take in that sun as it dips. It's, um, I don't know, we've said it before, that it doesn't seem to be anywhere else uh, that we've been that quite has sunsets like mm. the Outback. Whether Just that's incredible. Outback Queensland or Outback New South Wales uh, in our travels to date. Mm-hmm. Okay, so getting over to the Flora and Fauna Sanctuary, there is this wonderful interpretive signage board that explains all of the different desert flowers that they have captured in this, this area. And uh, look, spring is the best time to come and see that mm. uh, or after some really decent amount of rain, which is uh, a a rarity yeah. out here. Um, but the colours on that board and you could imagine what that would look like. Uh, we went there, I guess, just on the shoulder um, of autumn and, and outside of summer. So, look, it's still quite hot during the day, but the mornings are nice and crisp at the moment, dipping down to single digits. So we uh, you know, didn't have the problem of worrying too much about the heat. Outside of the fenced sanctuary area is a 2.2-kilometre cultural trail and it 
said in the uh, the manual that it would be an hour and a half from the car park. We took about an hour and 45 mm. with Jasper in tow. He walked the entire way. He did awesome. Yeah, and it is really engaging. There's some really great interp signage. Halfway around, there is a freshwater tank with cups. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, the rangers, they're looking after this every day and beautiful shaded seating areas. Yep. Really, really wonderful. Uh, the ground is... Graded as a level three, so it's not a difficult walk. It's a, I guess, an intermediate kind of moderate mm-hmm. uh, walk. It is loose under your foot at times, mm. uh, and a bit rocky too. Yes. Yeah, so if you you were a little worried about stability, then get some of those hiking poles. I think that would just make it more doable for for others as well. Yeah, definitely. And um, I mean, if we're comparing, it's nothing like the walk we did through Girraween National Park. So it was certainly a much easier, family-friendly walk. And alongside all of the flora, there's, you know, the the free-ranging wildlife, yes. the geological sites with the quartz coming up out oh, of the amazing. ground. And then again, areas for you just to sit and look out across the barrier ranges, uh, beautifully set up, easy to access. And again, another reason for you to really consider camping and mm. staying so that you can do one or all of the different trails and really take your time and enjoy it. And to be outside as a family. You know, There's it, nothing better, yeah, is oh, there? Look, there really isn't, you know, and we, we have had people ask, oh, some of the stuff, you know, isn't too old for Jasper. No, not at all. I mean, he's he's four and a half, and and he certainly is uh, uh, quite an, an intelligent young man for his age. But he's engaged. I mean, stuff is moving. There's lizards. There's you know signs about emus and the life cycles of macropods. And what's a macropod, Dad? You know, I mean, it's amazing that we're getting to do this uh, living classroom mm-hmm. all together. You know, we're all learning. So yeah, we would we would uh, push. Um, people and, and particularly with younger ones into these sort of experiences and and learn with them, learn alongside them. It is awesome. Absolutely. And the more hikes we do together as a family, the more it makes me want to do more and explore more on foot because it is just so enjoyable. That is a great point. And we have yesterday gone and purchased a new hiking boots. Yes. yes. So that's pretty cool because uh, we – are realising how much enjoyment is in this hiking and uh, you want to have the correct footwear. So, <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Actually, that's a question time. If anybody knows of fantastic children's hiking boots or shoes to fit little feet, let us know because I would love to also equip Jasper with a really sturdy pair of proper hiking boots. Yes, and you, of course, can get in touch with us directly through our website, all the W's, thefeelgoodfamily.com.au. On there, you'll also find our magazine articles, YouTube episodes, radio interviews, our podcasts, our gear. It's all housed on there and lots of free resources as well. Okay, next week, we will be heading further afield out to the fabulous Silverton. Oh my gosh, what a quirky, crazy outback town. The original outback as it's famously known. So make sure you tune in next week because this little outback town packs a lot of punch. For now, thank you for listening. Dream big, look after yourself, look after your family. And happy trails.
Feel